The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, your host for I Lead the Leadership Connection, and uh, thank you for joining the show. And I'd also like to thank uh, my sponsor, PricewaterhouseCoopers, for the support to get the show going. Uh, very excited to have the opportunity to talk about what I love the most and what I'm most passionate about, which is talent, leadership, and creating really healthy organizational cultures where, you know, s- stakeholders, employees, communities can survive and thrive over a long period of time. That's really what it's all about, is purposeful leadership. I'm in Florida today, and I'm working with a great group of leaders. And, you know, I was so excited to see how interested these leaders are who are leading a huge enterprise and how important and passionate they are about being the best leaders that they can be. And when I think about one of the comments that one of the uh, individuals said to me, you know, I, I'm i my own tool of leadership and I need to be perfecting myself. And I'm the only one that can really do that. And, you know, it's just, it, it lightens my heart to see people really interested in creating the best organizations that they can, not just only focused on uh, bottom line results, but focused on the people, focused on the organization, the systems, being sure that they are a force in the community for positive good, and also building great bottom line results. So one of the things that we talked about and that we used, which I was very excited and very excited about, is the five leadership dimensions, which actually myself and my co-authors developed in thinking about how you develop a global mindset. But we're now beginning to realize, as we're working with groups of leaders uh, around the world, that these five dimensions that we have determined are connected to business results, actually through our research and statistical correlations, are really the leadership characteristics that one must have for the 21st century. And I'll just give them to you briefly, and then I'll get to my guest. Perceptive responsiveness. This is really the uh, ability to be empathic with others. Team connectivity. Being able to connect people around the world and influence teams so that they can be creative and innovative. And talent orientation. Really being more oriented to others' success 
than your own and building talent anywhere you go. Pragmatic flexibility, being able to make sense out of chaos and creating a path and a roadmap forward so that other people know how and where they need to go. And ambiguity, resilience. This is so important, being able to have a clear understanding of all the different aspects that are around you and all the different values that are around you and being able to flex to that so that you can engage people in a way that makes them want to participate in your organization. As we get more global, we are going to be more diverse. And it was heartening to see this group of very senior leaders dig in. And I would say they were really talented in this area. They will be and are going to be extremely successful for the 21st century. With that said, I'd like to introduce my guest today. I'm so excited to have John Matone with me today. You know, we met about a year ago. We were both asked to be keynote speakers in uh, Mexico for one of the largest privately held companies there. And our topic uh, was uh, talent development. And both John and I, as you probably know if you listen to the show, have books and a lot of experience and background in talent leadership. And I thought, well, I wonder what John's going to say and what I'm going to say that's going to be different. And we found out how totally complementary we were in terms of not only our thinking and our work. And uh, it was a great experience really tag teaming with John as a co keynote and kickoffs for this company. It was, uh, it was wonderful. We also have a common mentor. Marshall Goldsmith, who you know was on my show uh, in early April, which was just a, a great experience. So let me tell you a little bit more about John. John's the author of seven books. Uh, you have my awe right there, John, because I've written for myself, and I know how difficult that is. Thank you. And uh, his, he's coming out next year in 2016 with the book on cultural transformation, which I cannot wait to read. It's near and dear to my heart. Uh, his Intelligent Leadership, What You Need to Know to Unlock Your Potential, is a must-read. Uh, he was nominated and accepted as Top 10 Leadership Authorities in the World by ATD. He was nominated as a Thinker's 50 and definitely on their radar screen in 2013. And I'm thrilled to say that I've been nominated for 2016, and I'm, I'm def- definitely hoping to make that list, uh, the final list. He is one of our fastest growing stars. And with that, John, thank you so much for agreeing to join the show today. Linda, an amazing introduction. I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to talk with you and uh, talk with uh, the listeners. Uh, what, what a fabulous introduction. And I want to echo exactly what you said, that when we met a year ago, you know, not only did we have a great time uh, <clears throat> working together, yeah. but uh, we... We connected, and and I. Uh, it was interesting because you know we we not only were complementary, but but we share so much passion uh, and and focus on uh, the things that uh, you know, we're talking about today: talent, leadership, and culture. Uh, so uh, I I uh, I. I I'm surprised we didn't get connected before last year, but I'm so happy we did, and and I know that we continue to 
to talk about other things that we're going to do together. So great to be here. Thank you. Good. I'm excited about the other stuff that we're going to do. And stay tuned on the show. We're going to be sharing a lot of stuff coming down the coming down the pike. But, you know, here's the first question I wanted to ask you. You know, you, you were in the corporate world, as I was too. Uh, sure. But what made you get in into this business you know what 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 drew you to 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 really thinking that leadership was so essential um i in graduate school when the and i won't take too much time to talk about this but i i wanted a research assistantship when i was pursuing my phd uh i never completed the phd program was there for year for year uh and the, um, they came back and they said, hey, there's no more research assistantships. You've got to stand up and you've got to do a teaching assistantship. And I told them uh, I wasn't really comfortable in front of people. Uh, I didn't want a teaching assistantship. And they said, well, if you want the money, uh, you're going to have to do a teaching assistantship. This was at Old Dominion University of Virginia. So make a long mm-hmm. story short, I took the scholarship uh, and the assistantship. And I had already had a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology, and they said, we're going to let you teach an industrial organizational class on undergraduates. Um, I prepared. I got up in front of these undergraduate students, and it, it was like I was possessed in front of people. And I, I remember all these students coming up to me saying, you're, you're so good uh, speaker and, and so on and so forth. And I had so much fun that... I knew that I would want to follow uh, in, in the direction of, of, you know, doing something in the world of training and development. Uh, and so the first job that I got at a graduate school was uh, with a company based in Boston. And um, a gentleman by the name of Lou Larson, no longer with us, um, took a chance on me. I was 24, 25 years old. He said... Uh, we're going to let you stand up and we're going to let you run programs, you know, supervisory leadership uh, training programs. And I said, Lou, I'm young. How, how am I going to move these, these older people? And, and Lou said, there's something about you. I, I, there's a certain passion about you. I, I believe that you can do it. And, Linda, you know, you and I are so connected on this around having mentors, right, for leadership development. It's so important to, to have a mentor, somebody you can connect with. And, I've often looked back on Lou Larson as being my early mentor. He took a risk on a young guy, and uh, he gave me the chance to, 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 to run training programs, and, and that's where my career started, literally. And I remember, I remember yeah. these young managers and, and more experienced managers saying, you're very, very good at what you do. And, and so I, I, um, I, 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 I started my own business at age 30 uh, and, and did that for 10 years. And then I went back into the corporate world, as you referenced earlier, and I did that for 14 years, uh, and then I relaunched my business four years ago. So that's how it, that's really how it got started yeah, and, for me. And, and good for you, because I think, you know, that you, you have so much to contribute to the field, and it is an, a growing and even more important field now. And, and, you know, you make a very interesting point, John, that people that have been really successful, we all remember that mentor in our lives who did reach out and saw some potential. I had the same experience in us and and pulled us forward. And that's the whole notion of talent orientation. And not every leader is like that. Few leaders are, but the really wonderful ones are. And we all remember them as you do this, this uh, Lou. 
and it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful story to tell. Yes. Um, tell me something else. Um, your new book is on uh, 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 cultural transformation. Well, yes. We have about uh, another minute before break, but you know, give me in about sixty seconds. How how what, what's resonating with you out of that book? Why are you writing well, it? Yeah, and and what I will say is this: uh, when you, uh, in fact, PricewaterhouseCoopers has done quite a bit of research. Uh, your sponsor around, you know, what are the big issues out there in the world, all over the world? You know, we're talking uh, all the countries right. and all businesses and culture and and leadership gaps are are the two that companies and CEOs are worried about. I've known this for a couple of years, and and I know you know this, and. And so my book uh, is built around interviewing some of the top CEOs in the world and asking them specifically what they're doing as senior executives and C-suite executives to drive cultural transformation uh, in their companies, given how um, uh, quickly things are changing and, you know, how do you stay out in front and so on and so forth. So the book book is uh, interview-based. But I, I'm also building in the, the six themes or what I call the six critical steps that need to be executed. And I'll talk more about that later. I know we're coming up to a break, but that's really Perfect. the cost of the book. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting. Uh, you know, I did my dissertation on organizational culture and the impact of culture on the bottom line. And it was absolutely incredible. And that was at a time when people really we're not thinking that how powerful and important organizational culture is and the strong researched link between culture and leadership. And John, it's a rare bird that knows how to, you know, align the leadership with the kind of culture change that they're trying to get. So I I can't wait to, to, to read this book for you. So we are coming up on break. Stay with me. I'm talking with John Matone, Uh, a really great thinker, uh, somebody that we need to watch and pay attention to uh, as we move into the 21st century and think about this whole notion of how we ensure the kind of leaders that we have to have in order to be successful going forward. So stay with me. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? 
Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead, the Leadership Connection. And with me today is John Matone, uh, author of seven books, Deep Experience in Developing Leaders and Transforming Cultures. We were talking about his upcoming book, which is going to be coming out in 2016 with Wiley Press, uh, about the six critical steps for transforming your culture. Such a missed perspective on so many companies' radar screens. So, John, give me those six critical steps for cultural transformation. I would love to, Linda, and I'm going to start with uh, number one. Culture and operating success starts with the CEO. That's number one. And what I'm learning... Yes, it does. (laughs) Without question. And uh, what I'm learning as as I talk to these CEOs... Uh, and, and a lot of these CEOs are uh, not very well known, Linda. I mean, they, they may not be the rock star CEOs yes. that we read about, yet they are doing magical things uh, in their businesses to drive powerful, compelling cultures that are driving uh, their organizations to incredible success. And so uh, through some of the research that I did, I identified about, about 18 of these individuals all over the world. And to a person, uh, they each say, uh, they, 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 uh, they reinforce that perspective that culture starts with, with me. Uh, number two is what is called the vulnerability decision. And, and I'm often asked, what do I mean by that? It is the willingness and really the guts of that CEO uh, and the senior executive team to raise their hand and say, uh, you know, we are good uh, in certain areas, but we do have... Uh, gaps as an organization, but but also individually. We need leaders who have uh, the willingness and the guts to do that individually as well. Uh, that that vulnerability decision uh, enables each leader to be open to feedback, uh, and also from a from a, a composite standpoint, you want that senior executive team to be very open to metrics uh, as to what's going on, so that they can do necessary course correction. Number three. Uh, is to create the compelling future for the organization. Uh, and really what I talk about here is that uh, the CEOs who are very successful in transforming the organizations to compete effectively now and into the future 
are unbelievably talented in creating what I call pain. Uh, and uh, pain for their employees and for their teams to the point where we need to understand that people do not change. And Linda, you, you and I talked about this last year, that people in organizations aren't going to change until they actually feel the pain. So CEOs need to present scenarios to the organization, to the leaders, and to the, and to the individual contributors that if we continue on this course, uh, it is going to create a painful situation. At the same time, uh, simultaneously, it's important to create that, uh, that, that compelling future around uh, where the organization can go. Step number four, transform. Let me stop you there, John. Let, let me yep. just stop you there. I, I just want to say something about that. I mean, sure. here's the things that I see so many times is that, you know, people believe that culture is like mom and apple pie. It's all rah-rah for the future. It really is not. It's truth-telling and being honest with people aware about where they stand or where the organization stands today. And I think, you know, helping people understand that if they continue on that path, there's going to be a lot of pain. So I love that. I love that factor. So yeah. let's go on to the next three. Yeah, and, and it's the same thing individually in our lives. I mean, if you're going to transform yourself, if Isn't you're not true? happy with you, know, you've got to be able to feel the pain. And it goes beyond just a cognitive recognition. Uh, you've got to be able to feel the pain, but you've also got to see that there's hope. And, and potential pleasure out there. And so what, I, what I'm seeing from these very talented CEOs is the ability simultaneously to create pain and also a, a scenario of, of potential pleasure. If we move in, in this direction, uh, everybody, uh, we're, we're going to be able to survive and, and yield some tremendous benefits. Step number four, uh, how do you transform results? Well, you transform results by transforming behavior, but ultimately you're not going to transform behavior until you transform mindsets. Um, and I remember we talked about this last year as well, Linda, that re- you really can't transform culture. Really what we're talking about is transforming people. And you can't transform people unless you transform mindsets. And so um, uh, th- that's the fourth step. Step number five, you've got to be able to push the talent levers in support of your compelling future. So your systems around how you um, uh, select uh, and promote leaders, your systems around how you measure and calibrate skills and capabilities, your systems around how you develop uh, and unleash talent and, and how you reward talent, those systems have got to be very well-oiled and optimized. Uh, and then ultimately, step, step number six is the ability to measure measure and measure again, and don't forget to course correct. Those, those are the six major things uh, that are happening in successful organizations that are leading transfer, transformation efforts. And, you know, I'm, I'm asked also often uh, is when, do company, when should companies transform? And my answer is that companies need to transform all the time. And the reason is that there's so much disruption uh, coming from all angles, both externally and internally, that unless that C-suite team is on top of all of this every single day, Linda, they're going to lose their their, their focus. And we've seen many companies and many leaders uh, derail because they uh, made the decision not to not to uh, stay on top and, and keep their finger on the pulse and all of that. Yeah. 
Uh, John, that is why I love this group that I'm, I'm, I'm working with, because I have seen so many leadership teams that don't want to face into, as you call it, their own uh, vulnerability uh, and, and, and get feedback. And unless they stay on top of it, they really make it part of their DNA, as you suggest in these six steps. Right. You know, they lose focus, and the company does lose brand, and it does lose market value. I've seen it, it time and time again. I know, I know, and and um, it's very interesting, and it can happen so quickly, you know. It does. Uh, and um, uh, one of the things that is very powerful that that I'm learning is that only 25% of companies, Linda, in in all vertical markets, and this research just came out from, from PricewaterhouseCoopers, only 25% of organizations that are the market leaders uh, in their current area are transforming from a position of leadership and strength. And the interpretation on that is just flip it around. 75% of companies that are market leaders currently are not transforming from a position of leadership and strength. In other words, they're not being proactive enough. Uh, they're, they're not seeing the future. They're not being diligent enough. And so what's going to happen is exactly what you said, which is what, what ha- what's happened to a lot of the companies that Jim Collins wrote about in his first book, right? right? Good to great. Right. Go back to you that know, first book that was written John, what, so 14 years ago. And some of those companies aren't even around anymore. That's they, right. They, they lost focus, and, they and lost it can focus. happen. Yep. It can happen to companies, and it and you know this, right? Because we talk about that. It, it happens to leaders too. They, you become distracted, and then you dilute your focus, and then you die. I mean, basically, that's what happens, right? Yeah, you you spiral down. And one of the things that I mean, I was in one of those companies. Hewlett Packard was was uh, a top leader in. Um, you know, it was really sad. We had made a great strides. You know, we were one of the top 20 companies in the world for leadership. Sure. And, uh, you know, Stanford did a huge study on the company of, around why it spiraled down. And it was really that lack of focus, the lack of clear future, uh, future uh, vision, and really the lack of real leadership heft. Um, and they were starting to really... What, what's the word I want to use? You know, rearrange deck chairs on the, on the Titanic instead of really focusing on the two or three key priorities that would have moved it into the future. And it's, it's sad when you see that happen. And, and they're not the only ones. There's a ton of them in, in Jim Collins' book. So it's a lot, that could be said for I'm glad you shared the, the, the... I mean, it's very, very uh, enticing for uh, an organization and a leader who's, who's all of a sudden experiencing some success Success, and then all of a sudden, uh, they're presented with with new opportunities, which 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 are when they when they look at them initially, they look very enticing, very alluring. Hey, let's let's acquire this company over here, you know. Let's let's get bigger, and 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 then let's acquire this company over here, and let's divest over here, uh, and and what ends up happening is. You, you, you just talked about it. Companies that are incredible and, and leaders who are people who are incredible 
they're so laser focused in on their gifts and their strengths, right? What what are the differentiators that I bring to the world? And let me let me just blow these out. And uh, I I just don't see enough companies. Uh, and this is really the passion behind me interviewing these CEOs and writing this new book is that I'm hopeful that the book is going to be very inspirational, aspirational to leaders all over the world who need to run companies and need to run their lives, right, and families and so on and so forth. Hey, guess what? I'm You've sure it's going to be, John. Yeah, and let me just ask you. On your strengths. Absolutely. Let's hold this conversation. We are coming up on break in about 20 seconds, and we're going to continue this because I want to talk to you a little bit more about what you see as big global leadership issues and the new changing social contract. So stay with us. Uh, talking with John Matone, doing exciting information about leadership and culture. Uh, stay with us. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. 
Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Quest, uh, Connection, and welcome back. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us today and also thank PricewaterhouseCoopers for sponsoring the show. With me today is John Matone, and uh, we have been talking about leadership, cultural transformation. And one of the startling things that John just said in the last segment was that only 25% of the organizations that are market leaders today are trying to transform. So if you take the converse of that, that means 75% of the organizations out there are not looking at you know, what's next? What's around the corner? How do we have to keep sharpening our saw and transforming ourselves so that we are sustainable going forward? Startling, startling fig- figure. So, John, I, I wanted to ask you, because that kind of leads us to this next point that's near and dear to my heart, is this changing social contract. You know, we've been set up from the industrial era, and there are a lot of things that we've done I wrote from the industrial era performance management is one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, you know, we don't do enough around this item that you're talking about, really giving feedback, really getting metrics, really looking at what that direction is and get and measuring how we're doing those kinds of things. From your experience, what do you see as the changing co- social contract uh, and what's coming around the corner that, that companies need to be thinking about? Uh, I think it is it is changing, uh, Linda, and I think a good percentage of that change is as a result of uh, generational changes. Clearly, the uh, you know generation Y population, uh, which is uh, a, a significantly uh, smaller population, actually uh, in the United States as compared to other countries. Uh, but it's still a, a certainly a, a, from a, a number standpoint, you know, very real and very very powerful. So, uh, with the changing demographics, uh, obviously, how uh, the younger people look at uh, how they engage with work and what they want to get out of work and what their expectations are has uh, has forced organizations uh, in a positive way to um, meet those needs. Uh, and meet the diverse needs across different, uh, you know, different groups and so on and so forth. So I think all of that's very, very good. So I think a lot of the, a lot of the change is a, is a result, a result of, uh, of of generational differences. That said, um, I'm, I'm I would say that um, the value proposition that an organization creates and hopefully implements, if it's done with positive intent. And if it's done doing the things that we've talked about on the show, which is recognizing that, uh, that the success of any organization, uh, even a technology-based organization, we go back to Steve Jobs in 1997 when he came back to Apple and he delivered that speech in Cupertino, California, that incredible speech when he came back and he told everybody how much he had learned, you know, being away for 14 years. And what he told his people was that, you know, the success of Apple uh, in reality doesn't have much to do with the computer. He said it has to do with people, has to do with talent. Yes. And Steve Jobs said that in 1997. You know, and and a lot of people get kind of surprised at that. But lo and behold, I'm talking to CEOs right now as I write this book, and um, and there's some CEOs of some big technology companies and small technology companies. 
Linda, they're saying all the same stuff. You know, they're proud of their technology, proud of the branding, but ultimately it's about people, it's about talent. So when you think about the, the contract, if, if, if CEOs uh, and leaders of organizations understand uh, and have a positive intent with respect to how to leverage talent to drive operating success, then in reality, what ends up happening is that really not much has changed because ultimately people still you know, want to come to work and they, they want to enjoy uh, the, the fruits of their labor. They want to enjoy the essence of what they do. They want to connect with others, right? Relationships are very, very key. And they want to grow. Absolutely. And in many respects, you know, that hasn't changed. It's still the same. Uh, and, and so I think there's just more pressure on organizations to make sure they're they're pushing the right. First of all, they're they're connecting and meeting the needs of a, a very diverse workforce, but at the same time, that they are executing in such a way that they do meet needs. That makes sense. You know, John, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. I mean, it, it jives with the the research that that I've done it as well. And you know, Peter Block, somebody mentioned that on the on the uh, one of. The, the show last week, uh, Ron Baker and Ed Cleese, who are on. You know, Peter's been around a long time. I love Peter oh, Block. Absolutely. And he wrote, you know, Stewardship. And, you know, uh, Greenleaf, who wrote Servant Leadership. And, you know, we all thought, oh, that's kind of nice to do. And, you know, sure, we should all be that way. But, you know, command and control is really how we get stuff done. Right. And the fact right. of the matter is, because of the changing nature of the workplace, it's not that people want things different than other workers. It's that things are moving so fast, they're so complex, people communicate and are connected in ways that if you're not about the people, you're going to lose. You're absolutely going to lose because people vote with their feet. And they can, the knowledge worker can do it today. Oh, without You know, and we learned that from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, when, when you and I were in Mexico, only 3% of that population had, me- had, had master's degrees. That's well, right. I mean... Anybody down there who's trying to build a huge enterprise is competing for that talent. Three percent, you know, they they can make a lot of different choices. Absolutely. So it's a very important point that you make. Well, you know, I also want to talk to you about this notion. Yeah. No. I mean, if you look at you know, know, I'm sorry, Linda. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. I was just going to say that. I mean, you think about the, the the big data world that we live in, and I have a lot of respect for analytics. Uh, always have and always will, uh, the big data. I do, too. You know, it's, I mean, there's a role for that. Uh, but ultimately, and I know you've seen this, this is the work that you do. I mean, we're very connected with, with all of this stuff, that, that the greatest leaders are people who can, who can use their, their heads and their hearts and their guts. And it's the combination of those three that if, if, if those three are utilized, um, you're going to be an effective leader, and you're going to move people. And so that's really never changed. I think it's becoming more difficult, though, in the world of big data, right, and a distributed workforce and, and technology for leaders to use their heart. But that's what people yes. want, and that's what people need. People are that's looking right. for people who are people. That's what we need. That's exactly right. You know, I'll tell you an interesting story. I mean, I I was working with one very hard-boiled company and a very hard-boiled leader. And he was, you know, getting in front of a group of 35 really top leaders. And 
they asked him what was the hardest thing he ever did. And this man actually said, I made a choice not to go see my mother. And I didn't make it home before she died. And he started crying in front of the group. Mm -hmm. And do you know that that was the most impactful thing that he could do? And everybody wrote because he became incredibly human. Real. And, you know, we don't teach people how to how to be real. And what he was trying to say to them, that there was so much more that's important in life. And my mother was not, my mother was one of them. And I didn't make her first. And he said to the group, don't ever make that choice. It's a, I have to live with that for the rest of my life. Powerful. And I am telling you, it was extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. It's the I, most you know, and I think we lose... Yes, absolutely. I, I wanted to touch base with you a little bit more around this whole notion of diversity because I think being able to get out of your own bias and your own comfort zone is going to be essential. Uh, the world is diverse, and we can't just think about how we lead people from a Western perspective. Can, can you say more about that, John? I, I believe that there is um, what's going to drive success as a leader in what I call the outer core, Linda. So, you know, you think of the skills mm-hmm. and the competencies that leaders got to execute, whether they, whether they work in Pakistan or the UAE or Zimbabwe or, you know, Colombia, the United States. It doesn't matter. There are certain skills and competencies that got to be executed. Ultimately, and I know you, you see this as well. I totally agree. Absolutely, the core. totally I mean, the agree. Inner core, right? The inner core drives everything. So I, I believe that people will execute with a sensitivity to people and diversity to the extent that they're strong character people, okay? So I believe character, uh, and, and character is tough to measure, but it, is, it certainly is an inner core uh, thing, uh, and obviously character is tied into values. But leaders who are courageous, uh, uh, have the guts to make tough decisions, are, are diligent, they work hard and they're role models and they show everybody that they're willing to work hard and, and work smart, uh, that they're honest and they show gratitude to others, right? They go up to people and say, thank you very much, and it doesn't matter who they are. Uh, I wouldn't be the person I am or successful uh, without you and and loyalty and modesty. I mean, the, when you think about those elements, if you're a person and you live those character elements, guess what? You're going to be incredible in terms of being sensitive to people. Uh, I also believe that altruism, this, this, this value of being other-oriented, uh, when I see it in a, in a younger executive, uh, I get really excited because... Um, as you know, right, we have a lot of leaders who are very selfish. Yes. And you're, you're not going to engage anybody if your self-concept is, is, is an overdrive. The if it's all leader, about you. <laughs> That's exactly you. right. Yeah. So, so it starts with, you know, so how do you actually build a leader who's going to be able to do these things? Well, guess what? It starts with a strong base, uh, and it's that inner core. So... So that's what I see. I, I, and so, uh, you know, when, when companies come to me and they say, hey, yeah, let's look at our high potential pool and can you help us calibrate who's truly a high potential and this and that, 
there's a lot of things that we can do to, to look at that, but I, I love to look at the inner core uh, and make sure that these people are real strong character people. I'm, I have a lot I of totally confidence. I totally agree. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, th- I think that's there, the It makes total sense, John. Yep. And we're going to get, get, stay with me because I, 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 we have a, a question coming in from somebody, but we're, we're at break time in about 20 seconds, and we have a great question that goes to that very core. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. People have leadership competency models. I say throw them out, rip them up. It's all about character, and character starts with values. So stay with me. Thanks, John. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to iLead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #IleadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, and welcome back, and thank you for staying with us. I have John Matone with us, one of the top uh, leading leadership thinkers in in the world, and if you've been listening to the show, you understand why uh, he has been voted in that category. And we were talking about character and how that's that's the critical definer for, you know, who's going to take your company forward in any talent discussion. It's amazing how people can't get to that. It's amazing how people don't want to talk about that. But, uh, John, we have a question. I want you to stay with us. We have about two minutes to answer this question, but it comes from Amit. 
And Amit says, I love your show, Linda. Thank you so much. And Amit, thank you for A, listening, and B, loving the show. But here's the question Amit asks. You know, I'm in charge of leadership development. And how do you develop character in others? How do you help them understand, uh, you know, what it is to, to really get into their inner core? So I'm going to throw that to you, John. I have a couple of things to say myself. So how do you take people so that they can get to their inner core? Wonderful. And thank you, Amit, for the question. Uh, I would say this, that character is very difficult to get to. Uh, think of an iceberg. Uh, beneath the water, beneath the, the surface of the water is character. The part of the iceberg that's visible are values. Values and character are intertwined. So it, I don't know of any instrument out there that can measure character, but we can measure values. And so yes. I do work with leaders to look at their value uh, priorities, Linda and Amit, uh, yes. And that will give me a cue as to the strength and vibrancy of their character. Example, uh, if we look at five values that a, a leader or executive has, uh, let's call them achievement, let's call them affiliation, relationship with, with others, let's, let's say altruism, that would be the third one, let's say power is the fourth one, and let's say money is the fifth one. If I find an executive who over uh, puts too much priority on power and money, and they don't put yes. enough focus in, right, on the three things that ultimately drive success as a leader, altruism, achievement orientation, and affiliation, there's a much higher probability that that person's got a character flaw that will come out. So, uh, uh, so I couldn't agree with you more, John. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, so, this is yeah, why I, I say to people that it is values-based, and you would be shocked. I, I do an exercise around this myself, and I use a, a Civil War case, but you would be shocked how many people you say, what are your values? You know, what are the principles that, that guide your behavior? Absolutely. And they really can't tell you, and they'll give you a list of platitudes, and then you ask them, well, how would people know that that value is important to you? And right. they can't really articulate it. Right, right. And there you go. And now, see, what we're talking about are the things that drive success in people. It's the inner core yes. that we've got to focus on more. And, uh, and I know that's the work that you do, Linda, and it's also the work that I do. And as, as, as we both talk about it, it's so rewarding to be able to help leaders understand these things so that they get more out of their lives and more out of themselves and more out of their, their families and their teams. I, and, you know, John, just, you know, we were taking Abbott's question, to, you know, to the fullest. I, and I, I love this. But, you know, every time uh, I do those kinds of things, and I know you too, that people always say, I wish I had thought about this as I was working with my children, working with my family, um, because I might have been a better parent. And I had a woman say to me recently, you know what? I wish I had gotten to my own inner core personally rather than get on my son's case all the time for the tattoos that he was putting on his ankles, I should have really gone down and had that sort of character and values-based conversation with him. And I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in with him today. And to me, that's like an epiphany. You know, it's really an epiphany when people begin to see that that's what builds the relationships and the connections. It does. And that's where the gap is in in executives. I mean, it's... 
it's, uh, those are the, where the blind spots are. And, and that's why I go back to the vulnerability. Remember, Linda, we were talking about the cultural, the second step, the vulnerability yep. decision. Yep. You know, if, you're not, if you're not willing to look inside and accept uh, your gifts and your gaps, uh, there's no way that you can become the best that you can be. You might be operating at a high level, but guess what? You can still get better. I, I don't care who you are, and I don't care w- what agree. job you're in. You can become better, period. You to- I, I totally agree. So, Amit, you know, we've, we've really uh, answered your question. I'm going to tell you something. Everyone out there listening to this show, if you're using competency models for your view of potential, rip them up. They don't mean anything. Get to the core of what the values are for your company, for your CEO, you as a CEO, your leadership team, and be sure that people are getting feedback on that and that you're really, really living the values that you put up on your wall. Right, John? I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. Yep. So I can't thank you enough, John, for being with us today. Great conversation. I know we could do, we, and we will. We'll do another show. I uh, can't wait to have when your book does come out because we're going to be talking about that more. So I really appreciate you being with me today and taking the time to share with our audience. Just a great pleasure. Great honor. Linda, thank you so, so much for your friendship. And uh, we, we have a great professional relationship. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Great. Terrific. And I, I want to just share with the audience what's coming up. I'm very excited. We have a Jim Kuzis coming on, who is a best-selling author, uh, key leadership guru in, in the world. Uh, he's going to be talking about the leadership challenge, re- leadership credibility, and how leaders can lose credibility overnight uh, through how they communicate. We also have Marag Barrett coming on. She's all about purposeful relationships. I love Marag. Uh, she's just. She was just a keynote speaker at a, at a Sherm conference, and she works to connect talent all over the world. Look her up. You know, look at the at the show logs that are are, are coming up, and uh, see about Marag. And then I have Lisa Earl McLeod coming on, and Lisa is the one who really coined the phrase "noble purpose," and she was a TED speaker. Uh, did a great job in helping people reach to that core that John and I were both talking about. What is your noble purpose? You know, that's another question you ask leaders. What is your purpose? You know, to John's point earlier, is it to make money? Is it to get that next promotion? Or is there something deeper? Is there something more altruistic around what you want to be remembered for and what you're working for and why you're working with others? So these are the conversations that we're going to be having uh, coming coming forward. Um, I hope you will join the show. Uh, we are also going to be talking about neuroscience. June is going to be our neuroscience week, uh, month, excuse me, not week, month. Uh, we are going to be having um, the leader of and CEO of Brain-Based Leadership And we're going to be talking to a number of people about how you can really understand what goes on in your brain and how you can turn that into a more powerful tool for yourself to help develop that character that you really want to have and help turn on your brain to be the empathic leader that 
you want to be, to be the leader that's really focused on others. You know, we're learning a lot about neuroscience, and, and John talked about this before, measuring, you know, how, how we do things. And one of the things that I just love about neuroscience is that, you know, at this point, because we're understanding more about the brain, we can really understand how people do operate, and all those theories that were theories are actually truisms that make people tick. So stay with us. Um, I loved having you and look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Thank you.